Hi, Derek Shapiro here to tell you that the Man in Blue Sweats is coming out midnight Friday, April 1st, 2022 on Movie Internet Channel. Dot Yolo Sitcom, and on YouTube.com, just put in Man in Blue Sweats, Movie Derek Shapiro. Written, directed, and it's actually produced by me, Derek Shapiro, starring myself, Derek Shapiro, in River. Hey, Marty. Hey, Flint. I'm glad we're here in Garden City, Garden you know? City in Rhode Island. Yes. And of course, Starring Vinny the Booch Bucci. So, you know, I'm wearing these blue sweats over here today still. Dan, you know, I, I had to call my favorite cousin up, you know. And, and 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 I know the last time I spoke to you, I was wearing these blue sweats too, you know. Okay, Marty. Yes. Why are you still wearing the blue sweats? Starring Serenity Rose and Bruce Lee. I love you, cuz. I'm just going to go and just mope around. I'm not going to take these blue sweats off for a while, right? Nope. Hey, is that your husband? Yeah. Your husband, Doug. What's happening, Doug? Also, starring Daniel Quick and Stephen Puglio. Do you take Mary to be your wife? Yes, of course I do, I do, I do. Do you take, um... Morty. Morty to be your husband? Yes, I do. Yeah. Also starring Evans A. Darylis and Dylan Schneider. Hey, this is Sammy. I've seen you all on the entertainment shows flaunting your red so-called sweatpants <laughs> i got news flash for you my friend they're not red joey hey what is going on marty yeah you know what i want to ask wait you? by the way where are you yeah i'm on a bike path right now oh is that the path you want to take in life really yes i want to ask about your path in life though with these blue sweats and, of course, starring newcomers, Jessica McIntosh and Christina Campbell. Hello over there. Hi. Hi. What is your name? Morton. Nice to meet you. I'm Morton. Morton. I'm doing exercises in my red sweats. It's not red, it's a cranberry. Hey, Penelope. It's your good friend. It's your good friend, Morty. Uh-huh. I made, I made a mistake. What'd you do? Also guest starring Hollywood actor Michael Vaccaro. I'm getting a call from my friend Michael Vaccaro. Oh, yes. Hello, Michael. Marty, how are you? What are you doing? Well, you know, for weeks I've been in the blue sweats, you know, funk. Because, you know, I married that woman, you know. And everybody's been... I know all about your blue sweat funk, believe me. All the way, all the way here in California, I know all about the blue sweat funk. I... Also check out my song, Blue. Made popular by Leanne Rhymes. Oh, so lonesome for you. And my other blue song by Eiffel 65. Don't forget, the Man of Blue Sweats opens up. Online, movieintentchannel.yolacenter.com, movieintentchannel.go.com, April 1st, Friday, April 1st, at midnight, and on YouTube.com, just put in Man of Blue Sweats, Movie Derek Shapiro. Hope it's something.
Everybody, this is Vinny Bucci, aka The Booch, and welcome to The Booch Cast. This week's episode is entitled, Say Goodbye to the Bad Guy. And that's because, uh, for obvious reasons, we're going to get into in uh, just a moment, where I don't want to talk about it right now, because before I get into that, I do have to make uh, another special introduction here. And I, and I say special because, as always, we have to uh, introduce him properly, as I like to say. We have to give him a proper introduction. It's one thing that we must do here on the Boochcast, is, as is tradition. And that is, of course, I have to introduce him with the three most innovative instruments in the history of podcasting. Suck it! Lutes. Vial. 
irritating little crumb horns. Gaze at the person across from you now. Feel the sweet spark of connection. If you don't screw up this moment somehow, maybe you won't die alone. Don't be too needy or bring up your ex. Don't say the words, her peace and Don't ever mention you've never had sex. Trust me, I promise she knows. And now her defenses are starting to fall. Smile and return her affection. If you don't manage to ruin it all, maybe you won't die That's right, ladies and gentlemen. He is back once again here on the Boochcast. He's been woken. Yep. He's been broken. Yep. And now he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Boochcast the one, the only, the broke soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. What's up, dude and dudettes? Yes, this is me, the broke soulless ginger, Zach Scott. Genuinely speaking, I'm not broke. First thing, Boochcast fans, listeners across the internet, radio waves. I want to say this the way I want to say it. It's that time, that time again, time for the Boochcast. Vinny, how the hell are you and fuck you? Oh, I'm fantastic, Zach, and I don't know why you're so hostile on this show, man. It's 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 just a very big bad vibe. It makes everybody it makes the listeners uncomfortable. Jeez, I wonder why. Dick. Hey, you know how to change it. Just go out and change it. So anyway, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, uh, Zach is here uh, on the Boochcast. He's getting a lot more of a uh, prominent spot here on the show while Elvis takes his vacation. Um, he needs some well-deserved time off, dealing with some family stuff. It's fine. You know, life gets in the way of things. So Zach is here to kind of uh, take over the reins. And as I mentioned before, we uh, we talked, and I'm going to get into a more serious now. I had to get the funny stuff out the way, and I didn't want to, you know, mix it all together too much. But we are going to talk about it because the title of this episode is Say Goodbye to the Bad Guy because we are saying goodbye to the bad guy because the bad guy himself, Razor Ramon, a.k.a. Scott Hall, passed away at the age of 63. That is very, very true. And I was following it, and uh, as everybody knows, he uh, suffered three heart attacks in a row. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, do this. Three fucking heart attacks in a row. Vinny, why don't you pack us uh, something wonderful and green? Take this over real quick. I got a cough. Okay, well, anyway, um, what? see, what, hap- what had happened was... 
recently, Scott Hall was hospitalized because of a broken hip. He fell, suffered a broken hip, and he was in the hospital in Marietta, Georgia. And he was undergoing hip surgery. Now, basically, there was a complication with the surgery because a blood clot got loose. And as a result of that blood clot getting loose, that was how he suffered three heart attacks at one time. And he was on life support and he was in the hospital. And then uh, on Monday, March the 14th, and the reason I'm saying March the 14th is because at the time that we're recording this, it is the day after he passed. But as far as when this is going to air, I don't know because I got to do a lot of editing and a lot of content coming out. So my goal is to get this episode out as soon as possible. For all we know, WrestleMania could be over by the time you guys actually hear this. So I'm giving the date of March 14th. Dep- we got a lot of stuff to put out. So I, I'm, I'm trying my best to get it all done. You know, so obviously, you know, on Monday afternoon, they made they made the decision to take him off of life support. That was a decision made by his family. And some say uh, no one gave an exact reason. But I know in some cases like this, there are certain people who say if they're in a situation like that, they don't want to be on life support. So it could be their respect. It could also be the fact that, um, you know, most people probably thought that Scott Hall was going to pass away. So they saw no reason to prolong the pain. I did at first. If anybody ever saw on Facebook, recipe Scott Hall before he actually passed away. That is my fault. My deepest apologies. Oops. Yes. Uh, and I'm not going to give Zach crap for doing that. But I do want to say that to everybody else. I thought that was kind of fucked up. I did. And I'm glad that X-Pac. I want to give a shout out to X-Pac. Sean Waltman. Really? Yes. Because he went on Twitter and was the first one to actually say this. Because I wanted to say it, but I wasn't sure if I was being out of line or irrational but x-pac said look i know everybody means well but it's kind of fucked up to say rest in peace when someone's heart is still beating and he's right it's like everybody pretty much gave up on scott hall which i thought was kind of fucked up i'm like look i just because he was taken off of life support doesn't necessarily mean he's going to die he could have kicked out he could have got better. He could have. I've seen wrestlers survive things way worse. I mean, and I've had friends who survived way worse. The fact that I got hit by a car not once but twice. Yeah. So I, I it was not outside the realm of possibility that Scott Hall, for me, could have survived it. So I was going to wait. I was going to wait until I heard Scott Hall has passed away before I said anything, before I shared anything, before I posted anything. I waited. I waited it out. And obviously, I'm just now talking about it, but I have, at the time of this recording, I'm not posting anything on social media. And the reason is because for some reason, and I've dug through my phone, I've dug through my computer, I've gone through the bowels of social media, I cannot find the picture that I have of me and Scott Hall. And I'm kind of pissed about it. Because I was going to post that to Instagram as a way of, you know, expressing my condolences. Because I could, I could post a picture of Scott Hall, but to me, that wouldn't mean anything. And if I do, it's going to be to talk about the fact that I don't have the picture. Because I I wanted to show the picture of me meeting Scott Hall. Because I got a chance to meet Scott Hall multiple times. Uh, Obviously, I was a fan of Scott Hall when he was in WCW. I was a big NWO fan. I was team WCW. I loved the outsiders, Hall and Nash. I thought they were great. Scott Hall was an amazing personality. I later on, um, you know, through classic matches in the network and everything, uh, I got to see him as Razor Ramon. Because I wasn't really... I didn't remember a whole lot about Razor Ramon back then because I really was kind of on the WCW side of things when wrestling was going on live. So Razor Ramon 
Stone I wasn't really familiar with, but I was very familiar with him as Scott Hall in the NWO and all that. I thought Scott Hall was amazingly talented. Kind of wish he had gotten a world title run, but sadly it never happened. He did get a run with the U.S. title, which I thought was pretty cool in WCW. And the Intercontinental match, that ladder match between him and Shawn Michaels was fucking epic. And I got to call some people out for that one. I'm going to tell you why. Here's what makes me laugh. The fact that people waited till Scott Hall passed away to talk about how great he was in that ladder match. Because when he was alive, everyone shit on Scott Hall. Everyone. The hypocrisy is amazing to me. Like literally, you know how many times I have heard wrestling fans and wrestling critics and even other people in the business say, WrestleMania 10 was great. Shawn Michaels had a match with a ladder. I've heard that so many goddamn times in my life. People just ignore the fact that Scott Hall contributed anything to that match. They put all the credit to Shawn Michaels, which is so disrespectful. But now that he's dead, now that he's dead, all of a sudden, everybody wants to act like they loved him in that ladder match. See, I gave both men props in that ladder match. Hell, they shit on Razor Ramon so much, unless you saw the match, you forget he won. He did. He won the match. He did win You would match. think Sean won the way they shit on him. And I thought that was so, and, I'm, and, it, and this is why it bothers me, because it's the same motherfuckers that are all of a sudden on social media talking about how great he was in the ladder match were the same motherfuckers 10, 20 years ago saying Shawn Michaels wrestled a ladder. Now, other people might look the other way on y'all's bullshit, but I ain't fucking doing that. You ain't pulling the wool over the booch's ass. And another thing that bothers me is all of a sudden, it's like whenever someone dies, people suddenly change their opinion of the person. Yeah. I'm going to clarify this uh-huh. for everybody. I don't care if you're a wrestling fan. I don't care if it's a wrestler. I don't care if it's a friend of mine. I don't care if we're family. My opinion of you when you're alive is going to be the same opinion I have when you die. The same one. If I said great things about you while you were alive, I will say great things about you when you're dead. If I said you were a piece of shit when you're alive, guess what? You still gonna be a piece of shit when you die. The nicest thing I'm gonna say about you is this. My heart goes out to his family. That's the nicest thing I'm gonna say about you if I hate your guts. And the reason I say that is because I am gonna feel bad for whatever family you leave behind. Because as much as I hate your guts, your wife don't deserve to lose a husband. Your kids don't deserve to lose a father. But if they ask you how I feel about you, and, I, and I've been calling you a piece of shit, I'm still going to say he's a piece of shit. But I'm sad for his family. So if you're going to talk shit about somebody when they're alive, have the balls to keep your opinion when they die. Don't try to flip-flop so you can save face. Or don't say shit at all on social media and keep your mouth shut. I hate fake people. That's the fakest shit I have seen from, and I'm not just talking about wrestling, I'm talking about human beings in general. It makes me sick. See, I can say this shit because I've always been a fan of Scott Hall. That ain't never changed. And I met him in person, and I saw what a nice guy he was. I used to see him, and don't worry, Zach, I'm going to give you a chance to talk. I know I know, I rant a lot, and I know we talk about that, but let me finish what I'm going to say, and then you can pick up that mic, and you can say whatever you got to say. I will give you the floor. I promise you that. But I met Scott Hall in 2000, I think it was 12 or 13, I met Scott Hall. It was right around the time he was he had, was living with DDP and Jake the Snake. Because during that time, I met Diamond Dallas Page, and I was heavy into DDP yoga back then. I was big into it. Mm-hmm. This is like 10 years ago. I was heavy into it, and Dallas would invite me to the accountability crib because he was still living there at the time. Mm-hmm. 
And so was Jake and so was Scott. So I would go over there every Friday and go work out with them. And a few other people that were part of the group as well. So it'd be a one big class. And then we'd have breakfast and everything would be cool. I would do that. And I got to meet Scott and talk to Scott. And he was always nice to me. The one picture I had with him was the one time he appeared uh, on the regular guys show. Mm-hmm. And I, got, I took the picture with him in the studio. And I never, I, I never felt comfortable asking for a picture in the house. Because I knew he was recovering. Mm-hmm. And I thought that would be rude. So I never did that. But I did get a picture with him in the studio because it's studio. Regular guys show. Fair game. So I did that. So Scott, I've always been a fan of Scott Hall. Always liked him, always respected him. Now, granted, it's been years since I've seen him, but I still maintain that respect. And you know, he 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 was on he was on drugs and alcohol for a long period of time and pills. And for a brief period of time, he was able to clean up his act, but eventually he relapsed and went back to his old ways. And you know, it was just one of those things where his heart just couldn't take it anymore. And that's a sad thing, especially when there are some wrestlers who get clean and sober, but their years of partying, regardless, still catches up to them and they pass away. That's what happened to Ultimate Warrior. That's what happened to Eddie Guerrero. But you know, obviously Scott Hall, you know, he was one of the all-time greats. He should be recognized as one of the all-time greats. And it shouldn't have taken a death for people to say he was one of the greats. They should have been saying it when he was alive because it was a fact, no matter how petty the boys might have felt during that time. I said what I've had to say. Zach, the floor is yours. Okay, thank you. Uh, Scott Hall, I always liked him raise the room on and especially when he put the toothpick at you. I, I always did that. He, he, just, yeah. he was good at just being the bad guy. But when he came out, I liked some... Heels, he got cheered, which was odd. People just liked him, and he was what six foot eight. He was uh, a big guy, just dude. about. And NWO, that was always classic, and everything else. And three hard takes in a row. His drug and alcohol, anyway. And it, yeah, six foot seven, two hundred eighty-seven pounds. Good God. Yeah. That was a big guy. But recipe, Scott Hall. Yeah, he, two-time Hall of Famer. You guys still want to give him crap. You guys suck. Fuck y'all. All right. Next subject. Vinny, <laughs> the floor is yours. Yes. Yeah, so uh, one more time, we'll say, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to uh, Scott Hall's family. Uh, rest in peace to the bad guy, uh, to the outsider, to one of the best to ever lace up a pair of boots. And one of the best to never win the world heavyweight title. I will say that. Very one true. Of the, one of the best to ever, to never win it. But he was a four-time Intercontinental Champion. Was a U.S. Champion, Tag Team Champion with Kevin Nash. They uh, dominated the wrestling world and were, like I said, they were just too sweet. And on that note, we can uh, move on to some other topics here. Uh, since we're still on wrestling, you want to get into the wrestling talk yeah, first and move let's on go everything for it, else. Go for it. Let's go All for right. It. All right. So here's another thing we're going to talk about here. I got to get into this because it. it it made big news. As we mentioned last time that Zach and I spoke, we spoke about oh, yeah, the her. we spoke about the uh, the Undertaker and Vader getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. Now, That's if you true. want to hear our thoughts on that, go back and listen to that episode. We ain't talking about that here. We did. You haven't posted it yet. Well, that's that's gonna come out before this one, Zach. Oh, sorry, I thought that. I know Bye. I haven't posted. I'm saying the, this the other episode is gonna come out before this one. So technically, neither one of them has been posted yet. I'm still, although since we're breaking the fourth wall here, thanks to Zach. Um, sorry. I I'm actually still editing that one. It's it's edited. I'm just adjusting the volume a little bit because the volume is a little off. So you're I'm trying to. You're working on that. Is the volume good now? Oh, the volume's good now. Yeah. Okay. In worst case scenario, if it's not, I can make adjustments. I just try to make sure it's not too soft, too loud. I'm still trying to find that happy middle ground because you I just... know. Want to make it like Goldilocks and the Three Bears, just right. And currently, the porridge is too cold. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of that, 
Did you ever, do you remember um, when Edge and Christian had that awesomeness show on the network? No, I was broke at that time. Well, Edge and Christian had their own, like, show on the network. This is back when Christian was still working for WWE. Uh, they gave them their own show where they would do, like, skits and variety stuff. Oh, and one yeah. time, they were having a sleepover. So they're in, like, pajama, like, onesies, like, having footsie pajamas and stuff. And they want some, and they, they decided to read a scary story, like a bedtime story. So all of a sudden, the lights go out. They turn back on. They're in their sleep, they're, they're, they're on their sleeping bags. And all of a sudden, there's a rocking chair and Bray Wyatt's there. Nah. And Bray Wyatt's like, so you want to hear a story? They're like, yeah. Now, keep in mind, this is not a wrestling show. This is meant to be a comedic variety show for like a Chappelle show kind of thing yeah, for the yeah, network. Yeah. So this is not so some people might say, Oh my god, they're burying Bray Wyatt. No, they're not. This is not a wrestling this is not wrestling related. So he said, I'm gonna read you the story of Goldilocks and the three bears. Once upon a time there was a girl named Goldilocks. And one day she was walking through the woods and she came across a house and decided to break in. Because her parents never taught her any decency. And she goes in and she eats all their food. She breaks all their furniture and then has the audacity to sleep in their beds. So the three bears come home and they're not happy about this at all. So they grab Goldilocks's ungrateful little ass and drags her out of the bed. Stands her up in front of the sink and says, Goldilocks, you are going to make us some fresh porridge. And you are going to do a good job or I'm going to... Skin you alive, tie you up, and nail your soul to a tree. The end. And then, and then Ed goes up and goes, well, that was unsatisfying. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't remember that's exactly how the story was told. I paraphrased it. But that's pretty much what Bray Wyatt did. And I'll be like, okay, you need help for many years to come and a lot of Xanax. But anyways. <laughs> Anyways. But yeah, so anyway, um, so anyway, we're talking about that real quick. Um, we got off topic there. But anyways, like I said, so we got Undertaker and Vader in the Hall of Fame. We'll deal with that. Uh, that was on the last show if you want to hear that. But we got a new addition to the Hall of Fame class. None other than Queen Charmel. Booker T's wife. Yes. Uh, she wrote on Instagram, she's so incredibly honored to be included in the WWE Hall of Fame class of 2022. Thank you to my family, the WWE, and all the fans who have supported me over the last two decades. This is a moment in life that I'll always remember and cherish. See you, Dallas. Uh, her, name, her real name is Charmel Sullivan Huffman. Uh, she's the wife of Booker T, obviously. She was in WCW, WWE, and later Impact Wrestling. Uh, prior to her time in wrestling, she was named valedictorian of Roosevelt High School in Gary, Indiana, and she got a degree in mathematics from Spelman College. College here in Atlanta, Georgia, and she won the 1991 Miss Black America pageant. She was also a professional dancer and toured with several performers, including the Godfather of Soul, James Brown. It was her dancing career that led to WCW in 1999 when she joined the Nitro Girls. So she was one of the Nitro Girls from back in the day. And Charmel and Booker T would soon will soon be the second married couple comprised of WWE Hall of Famers, which of course Edge and Beth Phoenix were technically the first Hall of Fame couple. Mm-hmm. Booker T and Charmel about to be the second. And of course, it's taking place in Dallas, Texas, um, immediately following SmackDown. And it's going to stream on Peacock and the network immediately following SmackDown. So it won't be on Fox. So that's what's going to do. It will not be on Fox like SmackDown will be. It's going to be on Peacock. Did she do a good job? As a valet, yes. Yeah. I know there are some people that are angry that she's going in. I mean, she never bugged me. Did she bug you? She did, but she kayfabe bugged me, if that made sense. Yeah, that does make sense. Like, I never hated her as a person, but I do admit it was annoying as fuck when she would come out and go, Oh, yeah, yeah, King yeah, Booker! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she would do it over 
and over and over and over and over again. Like she never shut up. Kind of like the Energizer Bunny. Yeah. It's going and going and going. And just when you think he's gonna stop, he goes. <laughs> like it's that kind of crazy shit. It was insanity. Now, of course, when it comes to the Hall of Fame, everybody has to have their opinions. Everybody has to bitch and complain. That's the thing about the Hall of Fame. Like people get on my case for bitching and complaining a lot. But Jesus Christ, at least when I bitch and complain, I'm consistent, okay? That's one thing that you can't deny about me. Yeah, Benny Bucci does a lot of whining, a lot of bitching, and a lot of complaining. All the same goddamn thing over and over again. But at least I'm consistent with my viewpoints. Can we agree on that, Zach? Very, very true. I'm consistent across the board, am I not? You're very, very correct, sir. Thank you. So here's my issue here. Which is what? Whenever it comes to the Hall of Fame, people often say one of two things when a person gets inducted. Either A, it's about time, it's so well-deserved, he's one of the greatest ever. And then there's that other thing they say, which is the Hall of Fame is such a joke. It's all corporate and political. Okay, okay. Um, may I? I, I don't, not really. Hell, they let celebrities, they let Drew Carey in there and Snoop Dogg. My question is, why the fuck do people have problems with the WWE Hall of Fame? Because there's certain wrestlers that haven't been inducted yet that they feel should go in. So whenever somebody, whenever someone gets inducted, the first thing they do is make a list of all the people that they believe need to go in first. That's what they do. They make a fucking list of all the legends that have not been inducted yet, and they're wondering, why are you getting inducted and not them? And again, I mentioned this last time. Because you, you probably suck and the other person's better. Sometimes that's the case. But, other, but like I said last week, there are sometimes they ask people and they say no. That is true as well. Or one person I think is ready is uh, Tommy Dreamer. Yeah. And there could be, and here's the thing. Sometimes there's controversy surrounding someone's name. So they're not going to go in. There's a million different reasons why someone doesn't go in. And sometimes they'll wait for the person to die before they put them in the Hall of Fame. Because then... They can celebrate the wrestler's legacy without having to deal with their bullshit. Very true. I'm sorry. Wrestlers aren't saints, ladies and gentlemen. They're no angels. No, 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 I don't, not. I don't wish death on anybody in the business. Okay, well, not everybody. Uh, but exactly. Not everybody. Shut up. Not everybody. You fucking ran the best somebody. Hold up. One second. Sometimes I wonder, Vinny. These people who you hate in the wrestling world, I get it. Elvis gets it. Dashman gets it. John gets it. John, wish the best of luck. But is this? <clears throat> we get it. What the fuck did these guys and women do to you, dude? I understand I hate some people. It's like they came down there and just did something horrible and evil. We get it. You don't like them. But continue. Yeah, because here's the thing. You say that to me now, but then something's going to happen to get you just as angry. That is not true. You are a fucking liar. <laughs> you fu Really? Do I need to retell the story of the seven and a half hour drive from Orlando to Georgia? Where you bitched about Roman being the Undertaker yeah, all it. seven and a half hours? Why would you tell about Charlotte Flair and the Young Bucks? Uh, because I'm trying to have a happy day here, Zach. Well, well I'm talking crap about Charlotte Flair and the Young Bucks. You like that. I, yeah, but I don't want to talk about that right now. I want to get back to the matter at hand. Okay. 
I don't want to get off topic. Even though we always do. I know. I try to steer the ship back, but goddamn, you keep pulling the goddamn wheel. It's like I'm trying to stay on the road and you want to crash into the fucking woods. Now, my point is, they do this shit all the time. Like, literally, The Undertaker gets announced. Everybody was fucking happy. So great, well-deserved. He deserves a spot in the Hall of Fame. The Undertaker gets to take his proper place. Queen Charmel comes in. This Hall of Fame is such a joke. Really? Go tell The Undertaker that the Hall of Fame is suddenly a joke now that he's in. You want to do that? So now it's a joke because Queen Charmel got into the Hall of Fame. And, of course, everybody's got to make their list. The first list they make is, um, it is a funny thing. They said, well, Queen Charmel didn't even wrestle. You know who else didn't even wrestle? Miss Elizabeth. Yet everybody wants her in the goddamn Hall of Fame. Everybody wants Miss Elizabeth in the Hall of Fame. The closest thing she did to wrestling was she grabbed Queen Sherry, Sensational Sherry, and threw her out of the ring when she turned on the Macho Man. And then they reconciled in the middle of the ring, Randy Savage and Elizabeth, and caused one of the biggest pops in WrestleMania history, even though Randy Savage turned babyface as he was retiring from wrestling, kayfabe retiring, before he would eventually get back in the ring to do the feud with Jake the Snake. But my point is this. Miss hmm. Elizabeth never wrestled one match. No, she yet, did not. Yet all of you want her in the Hall of Fame. Here's the best part. I want her in the Hall of Fame too. I'm acknowledging that Queen Charmel is going into the Hall of Fame for being a valet. It's no different than Paul Bearer going into the Hall of Fame for being a goddamn manager. Same way with you, somebody who didn't wrestle one time, gave money to Kane, Drew Carey. How long would his wrestling career lasted? What, 30 fucking seconds? And he's in the Hall of Fame. He's the one celebrity I don't want in there. I saw that. When I saw that, I was like, because this is on subject of the Hall of Fame. I was like, yes, you can. I, I was like, wait a minute here. Drew Carey, I love you to death because you are a funny man. And I like Drew Carey. I, I love too. Him. Funny ass dude. But you? Nah. Snoop Dogg? Yeah. Because you know Snoop Dogg. He's a big wrestling fan. He actually tripped. I'll never forget when he closed out Sant- uh, Santino Marella and got a kiss Maria. That lucky bastard. Well, yeah. There's some celebrities that go into the Hall of Fame for major contributions they made. Mike Tyson went in. He deserved yeah, it. Yeah, definitely Mike Tyson. Speaking of Mike Tyson, a lot of people give him crap. He's completely turned his life around. Yeah. He's vegan. And I say, hand it, like, take care of pigeons. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> And, he, you know, Pete Rose went in. He deserved it. You know, there's a lot of celebrities that go in that deserve a Hall of Fame spot. Hell, as much as people don't like him, here are the facts. Trump went in and he deserved it. He was the only president to ever get take a Stone Cold stunner. People love so, talking about that. Oh, so all you haters out there, <laughs> Mom, is this. At least, at least you get to see Trump get his ass kicked. Yeah. And then, of course, people talk about China. And obviously, here's the deal. China's already in the Hall of Fame. Technically, she went in with Degeneration X. It's gonna be a while before China gets a solo spot in the Hall of Fame. Now, I agree. The reasons people didn't want to induct her before were stupid. I thought they were stupid. I agree. Because they were concerned about her porn career. Like, no one gives a oh, shit. who gives a fuck? First of all, no one gives a fuck. And especially when most of the female roster back in the day posed for Playboy. I know. I have a collection. Candace Michelle, who, by the way, how hot 1 to 10 was Candace Michelle? Oh, dear God. She was a 12 fucking off the scales. That was amazing. <laughs> but I'm saying, so she, 
I, I agree China needs to go in the Hall of Fame. Absolutely. 100%. But it's going to be a long time before she does. Well, she's bullshit. You know, and then, of course, Sable. A lot of people want to see Sable in the Hall of Fame. Gator definitely doesn't want her in the Hall of Fame because he hates her guts. But why? Because Sable is, um, is a woman that most people in the business don't respect because she was apparently a cunt backstage. But she was like, she was, what, she was what's called an undercover cunt. Like, she would pretend to be your friend and stab you in the back. She also oh. she also had no respect for the business, according to certain people in it. And, you know, also they saw her as, like, she cared more about being sexy than wrestling. Tell you the truth, she's, God forbid, I'm all about to say. Brock Lesnar, don't kill me. She's not that, that attractive everybody thinks she is to me. Okay, that's fine. I thought she was smoking hot, but I also know that, you know, she did have great matches. She did have great segments. She was a focal point of the women's division, and she did draw money. That's a fact. She, she drew money. Seats. Yes, she drew money. So that alone makes her Hall of Fame worthy. And then, of course, there's Victoria. By the way... I don't give a damn what anybody else. I always thought Victoria was hot. She was. She was very hot. I I'll, mean, I'll be like, well, I was like, something about her. She's just got that, that did, like, and she was a fucking badass. I was like, like, when I talked, her, when I was speaking to Victoria, when you and Gator talked about her going against Christine Hemme, I was like, oh, good God. I was like, I was like, Christine Hemme, I love you. <laughs> I really, really like what you like, no. Yeah. But she got screwed over too many times, I it's, think. Exactly. So there was, so, so there are some women that deserve to go in the Hall of Fame, and I won't argue that. But I don't get mad when someone else who who also deserves the Hall of Fame for some of her accolades goes in. Okay, so other people will go in later. Eventually, they're going to run out of people to induct. Those other people are going to go in mm -hmm. if they do a Hall of Fame every year. Mm -hmm. It's only a matter of time. Some of them, they might have to wait till they die because they're, they, there's mm -hmm. just too much bad blood. And then it go, Because then once they die, it goes to the estate, and the estate can make the call. And that's what's happened in a lot of cases. And it's also the case why Owen Hart will never go in because her wife and kids will not allow it. In a billion years, they've made it clear. They don't even like they don't even like WWE mentioning his name. It makes she's that angry. Like one time WWE came out with a DVD, which they're legally allowed to do because they own the likeness of the best of Owen Hart. And she was pissed. She said, Stop making money off my husband. You killed my husband. Let him rest in peace. Do you believe that? No. I believe it was an accident. It was a freak accident. He should have never did the stunt in the first place. And I feel like that they made a lot of negligent choices from what I saw on the dark side of the ring that could have avoided things. But do I think they I, they outright wanted to kill Owen? No. Absolutely not. No, nobody wanted to kill Owen. Here's the situation. Did he do it himself? Did he say, yes, I'm willing to do this? He did. There you go. If I was, I was like, uh, yeah, you're out of your fucking mind. Like, no. I'll drop from the top rope if I was a professional wrestler or a steel cage or a hell in a cell. That's fine if I'm properly trained to do it. But to do that that fucking high? No. Are you out of your fucking mind? I'm like, no. Ugh. Yeah. But no. So, yeah. So, so far, those are the three people going in. Taker, Vader, and Charmel. I believe all three of them deserve to go in. I'm just tired of the bitching that everybody's giving. It's like, people, it's like, it's like you know, Zach, I mean, it's like I said, everybody's looking at me and goes, Vinny, can you ever be happy? It's like, I try to be, but it's like, they're just as miserable as I am. I mean, I I mean, I rarely bitch about Hall of Fame inductions. Rarely. You 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 do not bitch about Hall of Fame. I don't. I usually because I can usually understand in some cases why this person is going in. I have some questions, but I'm not like outraged. Neither am I. That oh like okay, you're going in this year. Okay, hopefully the other person will go in next year. Okay, the time will come. If you're if you're Hall of Fame worthy, your time is going to come. Like Taker's going, and and, and, and there's another thing people need to take into account as well. Mm. 
and this is why I think the reason Charmel is going in this year. Why is that? Booker T and Charmel live in Texas. That makes sense. And and people should have thought of that as a factor, and maybe that's why they chose her. Hey, she's they live in Texas. We're gonna people in Texas will want to see her. They'll sell tickets to the Hall of Fame. Personally, I don't even think there should be fans allowed at the Hall of Fame. I'm, I've been against that forever. Now, granted, I was happy to go when WWE was here. I went to the Hall of Fame. That's true, you did. You know, but but I but I at least knew how to fucking behave myself. That is true as well. But I'm just saying, I I never been a, a, a supportive of fans going to the Hall of Fame because fans treat the Hall of Fame like it's another wrestling show and try to make the show all about them. It's like, motherfucker, it ain't about you. It's about the people who gave their lives and put their bodies on the line for you. Shut the fuck up and show respect. If you can't respect the Hall of Fame class, don't go to the fucking ceremony. Agreed. All right, that's why I have a genuine, like, it's like I love wrestling, but wrestling fans sometimes make me sick. Agreed. Especially see the comments on Facebook and YouTube, and I, I was talking about, yeah, you guys are fucking idiots. <laughs> I was like, you guys are really fucking stupid. But now there's some wrestling fans I met that are awesome, and I know this because I've been to indie shows yeah. and I've met a few. So I don't want to say I'm saying this to all wrestling fans, but there's a big chunk, a big majority that I can't fucking stand because you guys are. It's like some of y'all need to just find another hobby. You're just never going to be happy with wrestling. If you can't find one thing about the business to enjoy, you shouldn't fucking watch. I, on the other hand, don't have a fucking choice. I'm, Neither do I. I'm, I'm, I, because of my podcast and because of the gimmick, because of who I am, I work with Buff Bagwell. I'm in the business too deep to get out. If I didn't have a podcast, if I wasn't working with Buff, if I did, if I wasn't known for being a wrestling analyst, I probably wouldn't watch anymore. I'm not really in the business. I don't really have the choice since John Tublin had to leave and Elvis was taking a break. Guess what, guys? Motherfuckers, you don't like this voice? Get used to it because you're going to hear it every week. At least he's used to it by now. Yeah. Well, I don't need to worry about that, Zach. You seem to be really popular here on the show. Why, thank you. So, on that note, since okay, we need let's to move see. this on. Okay, do you, you got any more wrestling you want to talk about? You want to get into something else? Uh, I'm done with wrestling right now. Can we talk about something else, please? Is, sure. Is, uh, is, is this is something a serious topic here? Is what's going on in uh, Ukraine? And I talked to a guy who I uh, talked to a guy who I know. I mentioned his name, and he was in the military for a long time. He said only this. Why does this happen, I asked. He says because Putin has a really big fucking ego. There is definitely some truth to that. <laughs> now, I'll be honest. We haven't talked. We waited till now to talk about this because I didn't really know fully what's going on. We had to get the facts right first. Yes, and that's something that we do here on the Boochcast, by the way. There's a lot of times we'll talk about topics. I'm sure some of you out there going, "Wow, you guys are really late to the party on this topic." I know because we'd rather be late and accurate than on time and not know what the fuck we're talking about. Exactly, we could say the wrong thing, get a bunch of people on us. I'm not just getting letters all of a sudden. CIA shows up at our house like, ah, oh, fuck. And what I'm, do I do? Well, not just that. I just mean like I don't want us to sound like you know if I if it's a topic that I don't care about or I'm not really interested in, I'm not gonna talk about it on the show. But if it's something I, I I I like I get facts and understand about, then I can talk about it. And basically, this is what I know thus far, but based on what I've been told from a source 
whose name I won't give. Uh, but I was told that apparently, whatever this issue is between Russia and Ukraine, it definitely involves the, the pipeline, whatever it's called, the something pipeline. I don't know the exact name, I can't remember the name of it. I don't know, it's just a pipeline. Like, I think it's a landstone pipeline or Lamestone pipeline. Don't know. I, I, yeah. And I was looking at people out there going, wow, you guys are dumb. No shit, we're not exactly political experts. But, um, we're definitely not political. But my point is, is that apparently it involves the pipeline, it involves the oil, and apparently, uh, Putin is drunk with power and wants to take over Ukraine. Drunk with power, is that what you would call it? I mean, okay, um, high on himself. Pretty much. Want to go with that? He's got a head up his ass. Yeah, I'm just saying. He's, you know, he's, he wants to be a powerhouse and he believes Ukraine belongs to him, so he wants to take it over. Ukraine's like basically fighting back because it's like, you're not taking our fucking country, which I understand. And there's a lot of people out there that are doing the whole um, I stand with Ukraine or we stand with Ukraine thing, which I get. Obviously, you know, obviously we hope uh, Ukraine, you know, fights this off and Russia's, you know, chilling out or chills the fuck out or gets their asses beat or whatever. But my thing was, and no one's really been able to answer this for me. When did we start hating Russia again? Like, as a nation? Because I keep... I, I was under the impression that there was the Soviet Union, we had the Cold War, Soviet Union falls, Russia becomes a democracy somewhat, and... <coughs> at least on paper. And they become an ally to the United States at that point. So, why do we hate Russia again? Like, I, again, that's how out of the loop on politics I am. I'm still trying to figure that uh, shit out. It's just to do with the Cold War. We never see the eye eye on anything. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm hearing rumors that... Nothing. Like, I'm hearing rumors that Putin wants to bring back the Soviet Union. That's the rumor because a lot of those countries, Romania, Georgia, Ukraine, were part of the Soviet Union. From what I've read, read, hopefully I'm not wrong here, is is that Ukraine was the first country to join the Soviet Union, but it was the first country to leave the Soviet Union for the Soviet Union like Kapuk. Yeah, so they pretty much made a decision like, yeah, we'll join your cause. Wow, you're full of shit and left. Exactly so left, and then they got pissed off. Wait a minute, you belong to us, and Ukraine's like, uh, fuck you. And from what I've been seeing, Ukraine's fighting back, and a lot of people are not happy about this. They're not happy with Ukraine fighting back? No, not happy with Russia doing what they're doing. Oh, yeah. Russia's lost uh, a lot of credibility. Yeah, they're, like, they're like getting like a lot of base. Like, no, you're not doing this. You're not starting another world war. Yeah. They want to start like World War Three or whatever the fuck. And then and then I, 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 the only thing is like, now, of course, there's the big question. Mm-hmm. Are we going to get involved in this shit? Support Ukraine. Don't get involved. Unless Ukraine hacks for help. I, they haven't asked for help from us yet. They seem to be doing okay themselves right now. But I here as soon as Ukraine comes up, I was, I was like, yeah, we're going to send some guys over. Well, that's the thing. Because I know, because I remember, like, because I was talking about World War Three, or what they're saying it's going to be. If you if, if you remember World War II's history, mm-hmm. we were going to stay the fuck out of that, too. Now, look what happened. Well, no, no. We got bombed by Japan. That's what made us get in the war. So now I'm worried about, you know, are we going to... Are we going to just stay out of it completely? Are we going to end sanctions with these nations? Is that going to cause a potential another attack? Because I'm going to be straight up honest right now. If we do end up going to war, uh-huh. this is the first time as an American that I would be afraid of going to war. Yes. And normally I don't say that. because, And the reason I don't say that is because, you know, we, we spend so much money on the military and defense that we should be able to defend this country no problem with all the money that goes towards defense spending. Because we spend we spend more money on defense spending than any other country. That's true, we do. So if we don't have a badass military by now, something's wrong. My fear is because I believe the commander-in-chief is a pussy. I have no faith in him. 
It's like, I'm going to use an Arn Anderson promo to best describe how I feel about this. And some of you might remember this Arn Anderson promo because it went viral all over the internet. Here's the difference. Biden is the type of person where if you open up his car and say, give me your car, Biden says, okay, take the car. Please don't hurt me. Trump was the type of president, if you say get out of the car, he pulls out the Glock, puts it to your forehead, and splatters your brains all over the concrete. I don't trust Biden to do well. I think Biden is a president who would surrender under pressure. The man can't even remember what the fuck he has for breakfast. And here's the hypocritical part right here. The main hypocritical part. This whole thing's revolving around a pipeline. So we might go to war to help Ukraine protect their pipeline. Did you know that at one point... We had access to the pipeline. Do you know that? Do you know that? Well, guess what? Because of Sleepy Creepy Joe, we don't have access to that pipeline anymore because he decided we're going to shut this down and go electric. And this is the thing about Democrats and liberals that really pisses me off. Whenever they do this shit and they say, like, we're going to cut off the oil and stop drilling for the oil and look for alternative fuels, that's the equivalent to someone saying, I'm going to quit my job and then start applying for another job. So you have no job, no form of employment, but you're out looking for a job. And while you're out looking for that job, all of a sudden, your mailbox is filling up because you're getting these gimmicks in the mail every month called bills. And you got to pay those bills if you want to keep your house and your electricity and your internet and your water and all that other fun shit. That's why they normally tell you, don't quit your job until you got a new one lined up. Plan your exit strategy. You go to work at your shitty job so you can keep making your money, but while you're doing that, you're applying for these other jobs and you're getting all these interviews. And then as soon as you get that new job and it's all set in place, then you go to your old job and say, fuck you, motherfuckers. I'm done with your bullshit. And you walk out. That's the difference. The problem here is we're basically giving up our biggest resource, but we don't have another one lined up. We're just looking. And for years, they've been just looking because we can't drill for our own oil because we'll mess up the natural habitat of the Mexican staring frog of southern Sri Lanka. Well, fuck the Mexican staring frog of southern Sri Lanka. I want cheap motherfucking gas for my fucking car because right now I got a car that runs on gasoline. And I don't see myself getting a car that runs on electricity or charge up anytime soon, okay? Until I can get a car, or until all of us can have only cars that are plugged into USB ports to fucking charge our goddamn automobiles, you know, and put them in the little thing in there and have everything work out great. I mean, think about this. The Biden administration requested $22.5 billion in supplemental COVID-19 relief funding and the massive government funding package known as the Omnibus. Negotiators have proposed a scaled-back $15.6% billion for COVID relief. But following pushback on both sides of the aisle, the House Speaker, Nancy Pelosi, that fucking cunt from hell, announced that COVID provisions would be stripped from the funding bill, which passed last week. Then you know what they did after that? They had $13.5 billion to Ukraine. That's the difference between Republicans and Democrats. Democrats don't give a shit about the country. Republicans, they just don't give a shit about people. Democrats don't give a shit about the country, period. Politicians will give money out to all these other nations, but they do nothing for the country. Like when Trump used to say shit about America first, this is the kind of shit he was talking about. 
Take care of your own people. Take care of your own backyard before you help other people. This is like loaning somebody $500 and then you have $0 in the bank to pay your bills. Or like when you wake up in the morning on Christmas Day and you got no presents under the tree, but your parents bought gifts for every other kid in the fucking neighborhood. It's like, fuck you, mom. Where's my present? I was a good boy this year. Lying bitch. See if I do chores again after this shit. Wash your own goddamn dishes. Sorry, I had to get that off my chest. Zach, I clearly you want to say something, so go ahead. Keeps going and going and going and going and going. Okay, we're done on that part right there. I didn't say a fucking word, so moving the fuck on. Oh, you don't want you got nothing to say? No, I can't say anything. Why not? Because I don't vote. Yeah, you don't vote, but you still fucking live here. Well, I don't want to go political because I'm not. I'm going to stick too much of my gut here. So, moving on. Okay, here we go. Ooh, somebody wants to start a new podcast. Let's click on that. thought you didn't want to start wrestling anymore, Zach. Well, I changed the subject. There we go. <laughs> Shut the fuck up and get this going. All right, fine. Mick Foley's podcast is coming soon. Foley is pod. That's it's, fucking great. Yes. <laughs> w Hall of Famer Mick Foley has announced he has a new podcast on the way. Uh, his new podca- podcast coming soon. However, premiere date was not announced. We will have to stay tuned for that information along with the format of the podcast at the time of this recording. Foley, a man of many identities, was inducted to the WWE Hall of Fame as a part of the class 2013. He's a three-time WWE champion. He has been a competitor in WWE, WCW, ECW, Impact Wrestling, and many other companies around the globe, across the globe. Foley is more than just a wrestler. He's also a successful writer and stand-up comedian. He has been on the New York Times bestselling list many times due to his autobiographies. And he joined the list of other legends who have their own podcasts, including Ric Flair, Jake the Snake Roberts, Arn Anderson, Tony Schiavone, Eric Bischoff, Booker T, and of course, Buff Bagwell with his podcast, Rebuilding Buff, which I'm uh, honored to be a part of. Uh, Due to scheduling conflicts with Buff at the uh, Accountability Crib, I have not been featured on the last couple episodes, but I'm sure once Buff is out of the house and, um, you know, gets healed up and everything and, you know... Well, eventually I'll be able to come back on the show, but until then, they do what they do. I'll still be doing the live shows in uh, Dallas over the, over that weekend. We'll get more to that later on. But yeah, so Mick Foley's got a podcast coming out. This sounds absolutely wonderful. About time. Is, as a stand-up comedian, is he good? Very good. I saw him um, at the Punchline one year. Ironically, I think it was in was it two, I think it was 2012. I think because mm-hmm. uh, I remember I was dating this girl at the time, and she actually broke up with me the day Foley was at the Punchline. Huh. So I was literally at the show like that day, and it was the most heartbreaking thing in my life. But Mick Foley cheered me up that night. Go. And it was cool because Foley uh, took his uh, wrestling stories and turned them into co- and did it in stand-up form, which some people know how to do, some people don't know how to do. They just tell stories, which is fine. And then he does a Q&A at the end where uh, Diamond Dallas Page came out on stage. Jake the Snake Roberts showed up. Uh, Scott Hall, God rest him, he was there that night too. Because Foley had a story about each of them. So during the Q&A, they would come out to kind of like confront him on his stories. And all of them were good, and it was hilarious and very well done and you know it was a great night so we full great stories, don't we? of course we do yeah all right name a funny one a funny story with you and i with you and me wow <laughs> yeah, i know right wow um 
Usually it involves me doing something stupid. <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, for some reason, I can't think of one off the top of my head right now. There's so many, so many issues, I can't. It's hard for me to remember, dude. My Jesus, brain is yeah, fried. Yeah, I'm good. Stupid. Oh, my God. We got a lot. Of, we got stories. Oh, boy, dude. You got one you want to tell? Uh, yeah, um, we get to uh, the hotel in Orlando. First thing I want to do is go to a bar. About 10 minutes, 15 minutes later, here we go. We have a couple of drinks, we get something to eat, and we pass out kind of early. And I get no fucking with it because I have the right to. <laughs> so we're laying down in bed. And I get a, like, I get no fucking like, Zach, for the love of God, shut the fuck up. I was like, okay. 30 seconds later, I go, Vinny? He goes, what, Zach? Who's your favorite little rascal? Is it Alfalfa or Spanky? I finally just went, <laughs> I finally just went, Zach, I'm not playing this game. It is too late at night. Shut the fuck up and go to bed. So, and then as soon as I close my eyes, Zach goes, sinner. And I'm like, put my pillow over my head. And I'm just like, shut the fuck. Oh, my God. That was so fucking annoying. Oh, man. Oh, that's a funny story right there. You had to be there to see it because you was ready to kill me that night. Oh, I was. Oh, God, I was. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Moving on. Moving on. So, uh... You're up. Okay, well... Um, I was talking before about uh, girls that I dated. I gotta tell this this fucking story right here. Um, I'm not gonna say her name, but I had to deal with a bit of a cock tease recently, and I'll tell you what I mean by that. This there's this girl that I have dated on and off and on and off. Some of you've been listening to the show, you probably know who it is. Um, one day, this is right around the time my Instagram account got hacked. She was one of the people that messaged me to tell me my account got hacked, and I hadn't talked to her in like two years. So I wrote her back, said thanks for the heads up, and then at some point she started texting me. So we were talking back and forth and everything else. And then she kind of called me up. We were talking and I told her, I said, well, she said, what are your plans? I said, well, right now I'm doing this. I'm working on a podcast. I got to do all this. I got to watch NXT and all this stuff. And she's one of those people that she'll, she'll, she'll like do certain things that annoy me. And the one thing she did was like, as soon as I tell her all that, she goes, why? And I'm like, uh, cause I'm a wrestling fan. I do a wrestling podcast. You fucking know this. Like I got annoyed that she was just questioning. She was basically trying to get me to drop all my plans and go see her. And the way we were talking on the phone, she gave me a clear indication that if I came to her place, she was down to fuck. And I'm going to tell you this right now. If if anyone, man or woman, if you invite a man or a woman, and I say this as whether you're gay or straight or whatever, invite someone over to your house after 10 o'clock at night on a weekday and you're not down to fuck, you, 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 fuck you. Seriously, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why would you bring somebody over to your house and you ain't gonna fuck them? Why? Because you want to have a conversation? It's like, we were doing that on the phone. The fuck am I doing here? And she was saying all this stuff about how, like, the vibe was off or I looked uncomfortable and I went, no shit! Let me t- I, see, I'm gonna tell this story. You tell me if I was wrong for feeling uncomfortable, okay? First, I gotta drive to her apartment. I get to her apartment complex, and I can clearly tell this is the hood. Mm -hmm. I'm in the hood. How do I know this? I've been to the hood many, many times. I've banged hookers in the hood many, many times. Now, this is not a hooker. This is an actual girl I dated, so this was was not a paid situation. Don't fucking say a word. Close that mouth right now. Thank you. So, I get to her apartment. I text her, say I'm outside, and she tells me, come on in, whatever. And I go to the door, and I open it, and the room is dark. 
There is not a single light on in this apartment building or in this apartment. And I'm testing her again, like, am I at the right place? She said, come on in. And I'm like, see, I can't do that. Because I've been in the hood enough times to know if I open that door and I walk in and it's the wrong house, mm-hmm. I'm getting about six or seven bullets in my ass. I'm going to fucking die. So I'm now terrified because there's no lights on. I literally, I open the door. The end of it is, is the bedroom and there's light flickering like there's a TV on. That's the only light that I see in the whole goddamn house. Tell me that wouldn't creep you the fuck out. No, not yet, not yet. I'm, I'm, it's a general question. You can answer later. I walk in and I walk to the end of the, the bedroom and she's apparently streaming something. She's doing some kind of live stream thing that she does. She's not even looking at me. I'm being quiet because I don't want to interrupt what she's doing. I, I'm assuming she's working, which she was. Then she sets it off, barely says two words to me. We talk for a little bit. And then she gets in the bed. So once she gets in the bed, I do what any other guy would do in this particular situation. You know, you know, you start, you start, you start giving the massages, little, little kisses here and there, setting the mood, you know? And and I basically did what I've been doing the whole time she and I have dated. This is a girl that I have dated before. This is a girl that I have slept with before. I'm not doing anything that's not in the playbook of what we normally do. And the whole time, she's like staring at her phone, looking at TikTok videos. So she won't even look at me. So I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And then eventually after a certain point, she's just telling me the vibe is off. She just want to have sex. And I'm like, then what the fuck am I doing here? Mm-hmm. And again, she's looking at her video- phone. She won't even pay attention to me. That's perfect. And then I just finally say, fuck this. I grab my stuff and I'm about ready to leave. Now she wants to know why I'm leaving. And I don't want to talk about it because I'm too pissed off. Because she wants to tell her how she wants to have conversation. And I'm like... We could do that on the phone. You don't do, you don't ask, invite somebody to drive over to your house just to talk like that. Plus, everything you said on the phone, you pretty much said we're having sex. And basically, she basically just tricked me into coming over to her house. So I was like, fuck all this. And I got my stuff and I left. I said, the hell with it. I'm like, this is some bullshit. And then later on, she realized she had made me uncomfortable and she apologized. Because apparently she said she, she told me later. And if she ever denies it, I got text messages to prove it. She said that she did want to have sex, but she said the vibe was off and that I felt uncomfortable. And I explained to her why I was uncomfortable. It's like, again, the place is fucking dark. Here's the thing. I'm going to say this. I admit in our relationship, it was not the best one in the world. In fact, sex was the one thing we did very well. It was one of the few times where we weren't arguing. And there's times, there's things that have happened in the relationship where it was her fault. There's times in the relationship, things were my fault. I can put, I put blame on her. I put blame on me. But here's the thing. I'm not the most, (coughs) I'm not always good at expressing my emotions and stuff. I'm not real good at the I love you kind of thing. I admit I can be a little antisocial at times. I don't like to call, I like to talk on the phone. I text, but I sometimes I don't don't have the time to reply right away, but I do reply eventually. So I got a lot of shit going on because I'm on the hustle. I'm on the grind. I'm trying to make this paper. So my time is extremely limited and valuable. And I put that focus towards my hustle. Why my relationships never worked out. But at least when I have a girl over at my house, I at least make them feel welcome. I'll open the fucking door. There's lights on. I'll shut the lights off when we're ready to have sex, but I at least have an indication of, hey, welcome to my home. I'm glad you're here. I didn't get that vibe at all when I was at this house. And then finally, I just got in the car and I fucking left. Now, since then, we talked it out. I won't give the details on here because those are private and I don't want to give out her personal business like that. But 
I just had to bring that up because it fucking drove me nuts. And again, I asked the question, Zach, you can pick up the microphone and answer this. Who invites somebody to their house after 10 o'clock in the morning, at 10 o'clock at night, I should say? What woman invites a man to her house? Or what man invites a woman to his house at 10 o'clock at night that isn't down to fuck? Who the fuck does that? And why would you do that? Because it's not normal at all. No, it's not normal at all. And that's basically what it is. A tease. And I'm sorry you had to be in that situation. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Seriously? I'm over here thinking, like, you're a complete fucking idiot. She used to sell the dark house. Like, yeah, I'm like, you need to come out of here. That's just me. But that's wrong. Really? Ugh. You women, I swear to God. This not all of you. Not all of you. Some of you are, but I'm not mentioning all of you at all. No, 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 no. Some of you are. Some of you aren't. Just said that was wrong. That's all I have to say about that. Okay, moving on. And y'all wonder why I bang hookers. <laughs> Gosh, I wonder why. I give them money. I get sex. Problem solved right there. Jesus. No drama. Anyway, so. Very true. But yeah, so I'll tell this other story here. Um. Uh, I, I want to talk about this. Uh, recently, I would say uh, Sunday the 13th, I believe it was, March 13th, um, I'm, I'm finally starting to get back on stage. Are you really? Yeah. Like, um, I did a show at this place called uh, Outlaws in McDonough, Georgia. Uh, I got invited to do some stand-up there, and since Buff was out of town in Ohio doing his own comedy show at uh, Crackpots, they were doing a, you know, a podcast show. So I got an opportunity to go do some stand-up, so I went and I took it. So I drove down to McDonough. I packed the car with everything, so I figured by the time I left that bar, it was going to be, uh, I was going to be late coming back. So I just went to the airport and slept in the cell phone lot till it was time to pick up Buff. That way I was on time and everything worked out. And I got the opportunity because uh, a friend of mine who I'd done stand-up with years ago uh, was starting to put shows together down in the McDonough area because there's not a lot of comedy opportunities out there. So he had remembered me and knew how good I was. He wanted to bring in some big names and some heavy hitters to impress you know, the people at the bar. So apparently after all these years, I still have a good reputation. There you go. Which it was nice to hear. But you don't hear that every day, do you? No, I don't. <laughs> but uh, I, I go down there and uh, I did about 10, 15 minutes. Crushed it. Had a killer set. Uh, they videotaped it. So at some point if I get the footage, I'll probably put that on YouTube. Because I did a lot of new material on that show. Um... Now, when I say new material, I mean some of it is new for YouTube because they're jokes I haven't told on YouTube. Some of them I have, but I also did two brand new jokes that I never told before. Are you allowed to say them on the Boochcast? It's the Boochcast. I can say whatever the fuck I want on here. Let's hear one of them. I did one. Well, one of them was the uh, the Instagram uh, get, account getting hacked that I talked about in the last show. You know, I talked about that and the joke about how like I was worried somebody was going to say horrible, unforgiving, derogatory things like the white race is superior. Homosexuality, homosexuality is an abomination. Pineapple belongs on a pizza. Horrible things. Crowd laughed hysterically, loved every second of it. Pineapple does go on the pizza. Don't fucking start this shit with me today. It tastes delicious. You are so queer. Anyway. <laughs> Fuck you. So, really? I never had an incident where I didn't check the total package, but that's just me. Oh, you checked it and you said, oh, <laughs> re received. <laughs> but anyway, 
Uh, yeah, so then I had another bit, and I'll do this one. Um, and, and it actually got a good, it got a good response. Because something I've been working on for a while, or something I, I thought, no, I thought about it a while ago as like a premise, but I never really wrote it into joke form until recently. And basically the whole bit is, does anybody know the appropriate amount of time for a moment of silence? A minute. Is that, is that the standard? As far as I can remember, yeah. Because I've never heard that. Like, no, every time somebody says a moment of silence, it, it always does the same thing. Like, whether it's a concert or a school assembly or a big event, they always go, before we begin the festivities, let's please give a moment of silence for whoever or whatever. Or you hear this. Before the school announcement, we would like to say a moment of silence, please. Dun, 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 dun. Thank you. Here are the school announcements. But yeah, so that's the thing. Like, and it's and because here's because I've always been worried about this because it's one of those things where if you talk too soon, it's like you don't care about the issue. But if you go too long, it's just an awkward, uncomfortable silence because no one knows if they should talk or not. Very true. So I, I, I did one where it's like, you ever had a moment of silence go so long that at, at some point you start looking at your watch? Like, when are these fuckers going to wrap it up? It's like, all right, I get it. 9-11 was bad, but we got kickoff. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say 9-11. I said, tra- I, said I, know, I know it was a tragedy, but come on, we got kickoff. I didn't say 9-11, but I thought about it. it. it, it in today's world, good thing you did it. <laughs> hey, as far as I'm concerned, I fucking lived through it, so I have the right to say that. So did I. So did I. I remember that. Thing. So if anybody gets offended, it's like, oh, whoop-de-doo, you read it in a fucking textbook. I had to live it. Very true. Not only that, you know where I was when that happened? Where? New Jersey. So go fuck yourselves. I was in Virginia when all the shit was going down, too. No, I'm just saying, if anybody in Georgia is offended, go fuck yourself. Yeah, I lived in New Jersey. I had friends who had friends and family that died in that fucking thing. So if I want to joke about it, goddammit, I will. Because I lived through the shit. You younger people don't even know what it was like. To you, it's something... It, you They treat 9-11 the way we treat Pearl Harbor. Mm. We read in a textbook and went, oh, that sucked. Because we didn't go through that. No, we didn't. So I'm saying, it's the same shit. So, but I, I, I didn't go at 9-11, but I thought about it. So I don't know, maybe at some point I might throw it in to see if it works. I wouldn't, because you, you might never know. You could piss off the wrong person. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I my, Well, that's my point. I lived through it. I can talk about it. Not in a good way? Yeah, I can talk about it. So go, they can go fuck themselves. Like I said, I don't know if I'm going to do it. It's going to be my choice. I wouldn't if I were you. Okay. But yeah, so overall, show was fantastic. And I kind of use it as a way to practice for uh, Dallas, because I know uh, we're doing the show at Hyenas Comedy Club on April 1st, uh, which is going to be a big event. Uh, it's like a rebuilding buff show we're going to be doing. Um, so we're going to, and I get to do stand up to open the show. And then Michael and Buff come on and do their stories and all that. And then I know on March 31st, we got a big event we're doing with uh, Matt Cardona. It's going to be fun. So, you know, I'm a Zack Ryder. Uh, woo, woo, woo. You know it. And then uh, April 2nd, we're going to be at WrestleCon, the big wrestling convention. And then Saturday night, we're flying back. So that's why I'm not going to see night one of WrestleMania. And with the exception of Kevin Owens and Stone Cold Steve Austin, I don't give a shit about the rest Who of the night one. Who gives a billionaire's fuck? I swear to God, Benny. Ronda Rousey loses. I'm going to be so pissed. Oh, dude. We're all going to be pissed. I don't know anybody that wants to see Charlotte Flair beat Ronda Rousey. And if you do, you don't love wrestling. Mm. You don't love yourself. All right. Then so he has it pulled up here. 
So, so yeah, so far these are what we got here. Oh wait, really, man? I think they changed it around. Yeah. So night one we got Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey. Boo. I have no interest in that. Right. Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. Got no interest in that. Boo. The Mysterios versus The Miz and Logan Paul. Can give a Boo. fuck less about that. Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin. Why the fuck Boo. is this even here? And the Usos versus Shitsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs. Eh, don't care. But yeah, so and then apparently uh, the KO show is supposed to be on here, so I'll, I'll, I'll miss that. But I want to see. I, that's the thing I want to see. Meanwhile, we go to night two. We got Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. Love it. Yeah. Queens, uh, Queens Lena and Carmella versus Sasha Banks and Naomi versus Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. The only match on this card I don't give a fuck about. Mm. Johnny Nasville versus Sami Zayn. That's going to be interesting as hell. That's going to be entertainment. This right here. Pat McAfee. Be, yes. Pat McAfee <laughs> versus Austin Theory. Oh, that's going to kill it. Did you see SmackDown? Oh, yeah. I saw I was like, I was a like, good guy. Damn. So Pat too. It looks like it's going to be fantastic. No, here's the thing. Pat McAfee can work. He had those killer matches with Adam Cole in NXT. Pat McAfee knows how to wrestle because he's been trained by Rip Rogers, who's one of the best wrestling trainers of all time. Rip Rogers used to be the measuring stick for whether or not you were ready to wrestle on WCW TV. You had to wrestle him, and then after the match, Rip Rogers would go thumbs up or thumbs down the locker room, and if you got the thumbs up, you were ready for TV. If you got the thumbs down, you need more training. You need more training, kid. And then we got Edge versus AJ Styles. That has the potential to be match of the night. That's probably going to be That's a show stealer right there. Yeah, that's going to be good. So and night two is, is, is better. Night, it is going to be the night to watch. Uh, yeah, no, what? Night one. Fuck you. Yeah, yeah I have no, no interest in this match I'm not interested at all. The only match I really give two shits about, because I just want Charlotte Fair to go away. Yes, we we all uh, want Charlotte to go I away. I can't take her anymore. <laughs> but I'm not going to go on a rant. I already did that. Charlotte Flair, come up with your own shit. Yes. Down with the queen. Down with the queen. Down with the horse. Yes. Marie Antoinette was a better queen than you. Boom. Yes, I said it. Yeah. Just like how Marie Antoinette said, let them eat cake. Charlotte says, let me eat hay. Hay. Hay is for horses, and I got a horse-like face. Yeah. We're going to get letters. I <laughs> We're going to get letters. Hey, those lines were made for crossing. Buff's That's just what I'll for, do. Buff's going to get a call from Ric Flair. Just say, it's like, you need to tell that booch cash guy, the little shithead ginger, stop talking about my daughter. It'd be like, well, your daughter sucks. <laughs> You're a piece of shit. Like, I don't like you anymore. Go to hell. Like, don't you have a flight attendant to harass? Quit fucking with us. Don't you have to get divorced for the seventh time in a row? Yeah. He was pissed off about that. No one was staying behind your back. Well, it's uh, you. Your relationships, like somebody here, don't last. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm a 60-minute man. Not with a marriage, you're not. No, you're not. All right, all right, all right, all right. Anyway, moving on, moving on. Oh, uh, has anybody saw recently that poor Big E suffers a broken neck? Yes, I believe that is... Uh, yes, Big E got a broken neck on uh, SmackDown. Uh, apparently, he was getting a belly-to-belly suplex from Ridge Holland, and um, he landed on his head and neck and couldn't finish the match and ended up being stretched out of the arena. Apparently, because apparently he didn't... Uh, they either I can't, I can't tell if Rich Holland didn't get him over all the way or if Big E didn't boost himself enough. It's a, it's a cooperative effort. But then he fractured his C1 and his C6 in his neck. The good news for Big E is that he can move all his extremities. He has no spinal or ligament damage. He won't need surgery, and his neck fracture wasn't displaced. 
So it just hurts like it's just it's just fractured. Okay. So there's a little bit of a rehab or fixing up you have to do, but at least he's not fucking paralyzed or crippled. Yeah, like that. thank God for that. And for the record, Rich Holland did go and visit him in the hospital to check on him, so he did the right thing. There, there you go. Yeah, because that's what you do if you accidentally hurt somebody. You go and you check on them or you call them. You That is the code. And okay. some wrestlers don't follow that code. Rich yeah. Holland did, so props to him for that. There you go. And Biggie obviously forgave him, so I think we can do the same. Yep, 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 big All right, all right, moving on. Yeah. We have a, uh, a couple of deaths that happened. Number one being the Ultimate American TV dad, Full House, Bob Saget. Yes, uh, Bob Saget. That is Boo! true. Yeah, Bob Saget, hands down, one of the funniest guys on the planet. How good was his stand-up? Very good. Was it totally different? It is the most vulgar material you will ever hear from any comic on the face of God's green earth. He is the king of vulgarity. So I would like him? Yeah. Basically, somebody (laughs) said that if comedians use foul language as a crutch, Bob Saget's a quadriplegic. Oh, shit. That's how vulgar his material is. Uh But here's why it works. Because it's shock value from years of being the sitcom dad. He spent eight years on TV as squeaky clean Danny Tanner. Also did eight years of America's Funniest Home Videos. And he was basically required to be the the squeaky clean Danny Tanner. Even when he tried to add some edge to his character, the directors and ABC would not allow it. They wanted him to be as clean as possible as, as a comic. But So that's why when he got out into stand-up, he just started doing vulgar material and being very sexual on stage and doing a lot of weird sex jokes and stuff. Like, he was great. He would just, and he was like, and, and he would just seem like he freestyled it. It was, fu- and the crowd work he did was phenomenal. Bob Saget was in a league all of his own. It was like, he was a decent stand-up when he got started. But then when he became the vulgar guy outside of a full house, fucking killed it. And they say he apparently fell on a car. He apparently tripped and fell and got like fractures in his skull or something. It resulted in like a... Sorry, that was Fox 5 trying to block me. Because apparently it's one of those things where if you do an ad blocker, it's like, no, I want to show the ads on the page because all these ads that get in your way and make you not able to read is how we make money. Yeah, true. Uh, we'll find better ways to make money. Very true. Hell, don't know, Karis. Do what Bob Saget did. Suck dick for coke. <laughs> I always liked him when he does his voices in America's Funniest Videos, especially with the animals. Yeah. He always does his own voices. I'm about to fall here. Oh, no, I'm about to, oh, there I go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I laughed at some America's Funniest Videos back before technology. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, yeah, that sucked. And we have another death was uh, Louis Anderson. Oh, yes. Louis Anderson, one of the best. He was hilarious as a stand-up. As a kid, I loved the show Life with Louie. Yeah, yeah, on yeah. The Fox, on the Fox Kids show. Yeah, yeah. That was that. so great. And then, of course, people knew him as uh, the guy from uh, Coming to America. See, I'm washing lettuce. Soon I'll be on fries. Then the grill. In a year or two, I make assistant manager. And that's when the big bucks start rolling in. <laughs> Did that to two years, huh? Did that to two years, yeah. <laughs> that was great. Louis Anderson was phenomenal. I yeah, love, I yeah, I remember him watching that cartoon show. I was like, that. this is actually great because he made me laugh as well. Also, we also have uh, Louis Anderson here. What was he in? Uh, he... Oh, 
besides coming to America, I can see what else he was in. Uh, he was in. He was the flower delivery man in Ferris Bueller's yeah, Day yeah, Off. Yeah, 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 I remember that. He was in The Wrong Guys. Uh, he did. He was a security guard in Baby's Kids. I didn't know that. Was he really? I remember Baby's Kids. Oh my god. God, that movie was fucked up. The baby was weird. Yeah. <laughs> the baby was like, wait a minute, I know that voice. Yeah. <laughs> Baby's Kids. We don't die. We multiply. Yeah. It's Baby's Kids. Everybody ran for their lives. Yeah, that was Tony. Oh, yeah, Tony Locke. Yeah, Tony yeah, Locke, yeah. 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 A really deep, scratchy voice. I always remember, I was like, wait a minute, I know that voice. Yeah. Like, you don't, of all the actors in the world, you just, wait a minute, I know that voice. Yeah, and then, of course, there's Robin Harris, who apparently was voiced by Faison Love. Like, Robin Harris was himself in the stand-up segment in the beginning, but then apparently Faison Love did Robin Harris, because apparently this came out around the time he died. Yeah, I guess so. I think, did it? Like, that's weird. Okay. Yeah, I know. And then of course they got Jesus. Oh yeah, well you can tell from the you can tell from the kids uh but, 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 fucked up. <laughs> yeah, well no, you can you can also tell that it was um it was nominated for any award for best animated feature the twentieth Annie Awards, losing to Beauty and the Beast. Mm. Well yeah. Yeah Yeah, yeah that makes sense right there, but and okay. it, it grossed eight million dollars eight million four hundred and forty two thousand one hundred and sixty two dollars in North America. It'll be at number seven with three million ten thousand nine hundred eighty-seven dollars opening weekend, and it's behind Death Becomes Her, Honey I Blew Up the Kid, Mo Money, A League of Their Own, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the original, yeah, and Sister Act. Oh, Sister Act! I've seen all those movies. Yeah, I don't know if I've seen Death Becomes Her. I. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I see that with Bruce Willis where he makes that potion. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, he makes that strange I've potion. Yeah, it's been I've seen bits and pieces of that. Yeah, I was like... I've never seen and the of course, who hasn't seen Honey, I Blew Up the Kid with Rick Moranis in it? Come on. Rick Moranis. A, Rick Moranis. That's a classic. I love that movie. That was a great movie, yeah. And uh, Mo Money, um, bits and pieces of it. Of course, who the fuck hasn't seen League of Their Own? Uh, I'm willing to bet a lot of people. Uh, uh, mm. Well, younger generation definitely has it. I'm but... surprised that you... You've seen it. Well, I've seen it. Why, why, why are you surprised that I've seen it? Why would I not like it? No comment. Okay, moving what? on. You know what I mean. What? You're going to say I don't like girls in baseball? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm surprised you've seen this movie. I'm just shocked because you're picky about everything. Okay, first of all, it has Tom Hanks and Gina Davis. And that Madonna was a... and Rosie O'Donnell. Well, yes, but I didn't oh. give. I'm just saying, Gina Davis was enough for me, and Tom Hanks was too. And then you had Rosie. The, uh... Yeah, Rosie O'Donnell was in it. Like, there's a lot of. Yeah, I mean, dude, I, I've I've seen movies. I may not like them. I'm not saying I, I. I mean, A League of Their Own is not a movie I would watch like over and over and over again. But if it's on TV and I ain't seen it in a while, I'll put it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those shows. And then of course you had uh, the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Never seen that. And of course you got. Whoopi Goldberg, even though Whoopi Goldberg, what she said was wrong, Sister Act was a great movie. Yeah. Well, I yeah. always liked Whoopi Goldberg. I, I always thought she was a funny, funny-ass lady. I liked her as an actress in yeah, movies. Yeah. It was when she started, once she started getting all political, that's when she yeah, was turning off Yeah, that's a problem. I mean, did she ever do stand-up? Yes. Was she good? She was decent. Okay. She didn't really, she, she did, like, characters. Okay. And some of her characters were really, really good. And uh, she, did, like, she did one show in, like, 1985 was her first special. Then she did a 30th anniversary for it in 2005, and that got, the one in 2005 was extremely political. Extremely political. There's this movie 
called Bogus with her. Have you ever seen that movie? Bogus. About that little kid who creates an imaginary fr- giant Frenchman? No, I never saw that. It's up right up your alley. Wait, wait, Whoopi Goldberg. The last Whoopi Goldberg movie that I saw that I really, really liked mm-hmm. was Eddie. Yeah, what about the basketball team? When she owns the Knicks? Yeah. She goes to coach the Knicks. Yeah, she goes, you're the new coach. She goes, excuse me? <laughs> I was like, yes. I mean... I don't hate her. I don't. She was great. She was great in Ghost. Yes. Yeah, she was fantastic in Ghost. Yes, yes. See, chicky flick movie, but still a great fucking flick. It's Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore. I mean, that one scene, the most most romantic scenes in the 80s was them making a pot. Oh, everybody parodies that shit oh, all the time. Oh, hell yeah. I was like, I was like, her smoking hot girl asked you to make a pot, pot, make art, play with it. was like, do something like that. You'd be like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but all right. <laughs> so yeah. Patrick Swayze, he was a good actor too. Never going off topic here, but gives a shit. We're trying to kind of waste time here. But Bob Saget, Louis Anderson, who else am I forgetting? I don't know. Oh, 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 John Hurt. Who? Uh, that look up John Hurt. Uh, no, not John Hurt. William Hurt. William Hurt. Yeah. William Hurt. William Hurt. William Hurt. Oh man, I can't believe it. I almost forgot about that. <clears throat> yeah, he he passed away at like seventy one. He that dude was a phenomenal. Oh, okay, actor. okay, okay. I've seen him before. Yeah, he passed away recently. Um, Literally yesterday. Yeah, well, I, I guess at the time that we're recording this, and he's in Portland, Oregon. Um, they're checking it out here. Let's see. Uh, it was announced that he had terminal prostate cancer, and that it had already uh, metastasized to the bones. He died from complications at his home in Portland, Oregon, one week before his 72nd birthday. Oh. It's, you know what's sadder than that? What? The fact that when Betty White died, she was 99. Uh-huh. That's fucked up. Jeez. Let her get to 100. Yeah, she like, earned yeah. that. She earned that. Like, come on, God. Let her hit the 100 yeah. mark and then take her. There's a say, there's a saying at work. I always say, like, because I'm sick of the, everybody's sick of the political. I say, I may not vote, but I got two perfect people who I think can go run this country great. The first president, the president, Clint Eastwood. The vice president, president Betty White. Yeah. <laughs> How awesome would that be? Oh, totally. Imagine if they did a comedy movie about that. That'd be fucking great. hands. <laughs> yeah. That would have been fantastic. But yeah, so of course, um, some of the great movies that, um, you know, William Hurt has done, uh, Body Heat was one. Yeah. Most people, that's one, of, that was considered one of the uh, erotic thrillers. Like, that was like, when you, back in the day, before you were old enough to get porn, that was one of the closest things to porn you could get. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. like that's the type of movie I would, if I got that movie, I would get it on DVD, just so I can, fa- just so I can scene select to where the sex is and do that. I literally have, I literally have DVDs that I bought when I was younger mm-hmm. that I bought just to avoid going to, just because I wasn't in porn stores yet. Like, Basic Instinct, oh, Showgirls. Jesus Christ. I literally would do that just to scene select. Striptease. Striptease, that's well, it. Well. Not really striptease. There's no sex scenes in striptease, there was a... Hell of a sex scene some soakers. Oh, yeah. Oh, the pool scene. The pool scene? The pool. Oh, God. The pool, uh, the pool scene. Oh, man. That was cool. Oh, God. That, 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 like, like, and I got asked, did you ever get a dance like that before? I go, like, like that? No, I don't have that much money. <laughs> um, I did once. Was it worth it? Yeah. Did she look like that? No. She wasn't ugly, but she didn't look like Elizabeth Berkeley. Just to have that type of money. Okay. So I'm anyway, gonna... there was that. And then there was uh, apparently Kiss of the Spider Woman. I know what the fuck that is. Mm-hmm. The one I remember is Children of a Lesser God. Oh, him. I remember he was the perfect, he was the dad in Lost in Space. Yeah. Oh, okay. No. Oh, poo. 
Yeah, but I also like Children of a Lesser God was a good one. This is where he played a teacher. Uh huh. But he was a teacher that for deaf kids. Oh. He wasn't deaf, but he could. But he knew enough about sign language where he would teach. But his his uh, preference was teaching deaf people mm-hmm. how to speak. Like 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 ob- like 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 obviously do your sign language and everything else. But while you're doing it, talk. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, like talk, like and then like and they do that. Like she would say something like you know. Like let's like like and he would put exercise together like ask these people to be like hey try to pick up these two girls right here and that, like, like as like a scenario he goes and he would say something like you know are you rich and he goes <laughs> and he would say are you rich like like pronounce how to pronounce it and the girl goes I'm very rich because <laughs> because that's how deaf people talk yeah that's true like one time like one time he um. He uh he was playing basketball and he and he and he like this guy was going for a shot and he like blocked it. So he got mad and went and he went, asshole. So so he said he said, No, 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 come here, come here. He said, asshole. Like rather than get mad at him for saying asshole, he made him mouth the words so he understood. And finally he went, asshole. He goes, Good job. There you go. There you go. And as he's walking away, he's he smiles and he goes, asshole. <laughs> so and then there's another scene later where every time he walked by and he would go, asshole. And he would just <laughs> laugh. But at the same time, he was kind of looking at him like, dude, don't say that in front of the principal. <laughs> no, don't say that in front of the principal. Like, did you teach a deaf kid to say asshole? And be like, not really per se. Let's just say that. Yeah, like if you're but... gonna like if you're gonna say it, say it right. Mm-hmm. Because and and he was teaching the kids everything, and then but he meets this girl named Sarah, mm-hmm. who's played by Marley Matlin, who legit for real is deaf. Oh, okay. She's an actress, so mostly she plays a lot of deaf roles that require a deaf woman mm-hmm. because she's deaf in real life. Oh, okay. She was perfect for this movie. And apparently, like, she was one of those people that was, like, you know, very, very isolated, like, not a very, you know, she was basically treated like shit most of her life. You know, she was she was basically, she was sexually abused and stuff, basically became the town slut or whatever. But then eventually, as they're talking, um, eventually Sarah and James, that was their character names, eventually fall for each other. And they try to, because Sarah was the type of person that didn't want to speak. And basically, eventually... They, you know, she eventually does speak. She realizes the reason she doesn't want to speak is because her voice is all fucked up and shit, you know? So she doesn't want to do that. Plus, she's not, she likes, she prefers to do sign language. And then eventually they find a compromise. It's very much, it's a good, like, if you like romance movies, this is definitely a good one. Because, like, it's like one of those things where both of them were wrong and both of them apologize. And I like movies that are like that. Yeah, I agree. I hate movies where one person fucks up and the other person has to apologize at the end. I fucking hate movies like that. Mm-hmm. I like movies where people admit, look, I'm fucked up. Yeah, I'm kind of fucked up too. I love you. I love you too. Let's work on our fucked upness. There you go. I like movies like that. Same here. So then, so that's a good movie. And then, I Love You to Death. Never saw that one. Uh, I know you, apparently you saw Lost in Space. Yes, you know, that's actually really, really good. Yeah. And then there was another movie. And then, of course, you've known for other movies like, uh, let me see the other ones here. Uh, Do Not Disturb, The Big Brass Ring, The Miracle Maker, Contaminated Man, uh, AI, Artificial Intelligence. He was in that. Tuck Everlasting, um, History of Violence. 
The Good Shepherd. Oh, I forgot about that one. Oh, Mr. Brooks. I love this one. Yeah, Mr. Brooks was a good movie. I did yeah. watch Mr. Brooks. Yeah, that was him, Kevin Costner, Demi Moore, and Dane Cook. Yeah. Dane Cook was the reason I even gave this movie a chance. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I, I went through a phase where everything Dane Cook was in, I watched. There you go. You you put Dane Cook in anything, I'll watch it. Because I was that. he was one of my comedy idols. So any movie he's in, I'm watching. Uh, there was one movie he's in, though, that I haven't seen yet that I've been meaning to. Uh, he was in The Incredible Hulk. Uh... Yeah, he was. In, oh, yeah, he was in Robin Hood, the one with uh, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Yes, and then Winter's Tale. Uh, that's that's a good one. And he's in the Avenger movies. Yep. Estadius. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then he did Black Widow and The King's Daughter. Was the last movie he was in. Yep. He's in a lot of stuff. Well, yeah, dude. He's one of those. He's one of those guys that's on the hustle. Some act. There are some actors that do like just a couple of handful of movies, but other actors. This is how they get work, man. They gotta. They gotta. They they do a movie. The movie ends. As soon as the movie's over, guess what? Even somebody else wants them. No, not just that. They got. They got. They're they're back to auditioning. Yep. Once they're done filming that movie and they make that money, they are officially unemployed. Pretty much. They got to go on the next audition or get the next offer before they can work again. Very true. You know, that's because there are some actors that do like movie after movie after movie because they got pay the bills. Whoops, they do. You know, and some movies they do just to pay the bills. Some they do because they really love the part. Like there's literally some where it's like, that movie was so terrible. Why did you do it? Put my kid through college. There you go. (laughs) It's like, yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, the mansion doesn't pay for itself, bro. No, they don't. (laughs) So I kind of got some of the, there's some crappy movies. Sometimes they do crappy movies. And I learned this. Sometimes they're contractually obligated to do crappy, to do certain movies that were crappy. Like apparently like Mike Myers, when he did the cap in the, the cat in the hat. Oh God, that was horrible. He was forced to do that movie. <laughs> he didn't want to do that movie. They even said like on set, he was not in a good mood and like there's certain movies I think it's like on watchmojo.com they do a top 10 movies that actors were forced to do and it was some kind of contractual dispute or they owed money to the net to the company or something like they either turned down one role or passed on another role or something or, or something happened where they or they they left the set early and it cost the company money so in order to make the money back they had to do this crappy film so oh, man. there's some times where they've been forced horrible. to do films but yeah horrible movie it was all right all right well we got a couple missing anything anything you want to get off your chest well i got the three th- main things off my chest that i wanted to get off um you know but uh, I guess we can. I don't know if there's anything else. Oh yeah, let's 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 wrap up with this. Okay. As you guys know, in addition to these variety shows, Zach is the new NXT correspondent. Right, I am. He took over the job when uh, John Tumblin decided to leave the show due to you know family issues, scheduling conflicts. However, he will still be the DM for our D and D show that will be happening later this year. So John will still be involved in the show. And of course, if there's wrestling watch parties, John's always invited to hang out because we're still wrestling fans. We're all still friends. So I will never be against any of any former co-host that leaves the show making cameo appearances from time to time. Uh, provided we leave on good terms. Very true. You know, if you leave on shitty terms, I'm not gonna bring you back. Because if you're a dick to me, why would I bring you back? But Nonetheless, Zach is part of NXT. So I figure we wrap up this show with an NXT announcement. Apparently, we're going to be seeing more WWE main roster talent on NXT 2.0. As you guys know, on the uh, on a previous uh, episode of NXT, I can't say last week's because I don't know for sure. Like I said, I don't know when this is coming out. Dolph Ziggler became the NXT champion. 
Yeah, I remember that. He won the NXT title. Bobby Roode, of course, is his tag team partner and friend, so he's also in NXT. But we can expect to see WWE utilize more main roster performances in NXT. NXT is the company's developmental brand, where fans can see the next generation of WWE superstars learning their craft. WWE previously relied solely on developmental stars' talent to carry the show, but that is no longer the case. On the latest Wrestling Observer Radio, Dave Meltzer, so you can take this with a grain of salt because not everything he says is accurate because he doesn't... I don't know how this guy still has a fucking podcast. I have no idea why people listen to this guy. Well, I heard this is going to happen. I'm not sure, but I've heard rumors this could possibly happen, but don't quote me on that. If you don't have accurate information, just shut the fuck up. Seriously. How do you guys have a wrestling journalist and you're just going out there going, well, maybe this will happen. I think this will happen. I don't know if this will happen. You do the same shit a podcaster would do. Make a prediction and get solid on it. Fuck's sake. But anyway, he said that there's a new initiative to send wrestlers from the Raw brand to NXT most weeks. And it's only going to be from the Raw brand. Nobody from SmackDown. Uh, there are certainly benefits of developmental wrestlers working with and learning from veterans. However, the primary motivation behind this campaign is to improve, improve viewership for the NXT 2.0 TV show. WWE can announce a Raw superstar and will be on NXT TV the following night, as is the case this week at the time that we're recording this, on NXT, and if you want to hear our thoughts on this, you can obviously go back and listen to the NXT recap on March 15th, 2022, where we'll be talking about this, but The Miz will be holding a special edition of Miz TV on NXT, and his special guest will be the new NXT champion Dolph Ziggler. Both shows air on the USA Network, and the hope is that Raw Superstars will bring star power and viewers to Tuesday nights. AJ Styles also visited NXT recently as part of this trend during his feud with Grayson Waller. Mm -hmm. NXT's top champions are both WWE superstars who have been sent to NXT for this very reason. Back in October, Mandy Rose defeated Raquel Gonzalez with the NXT Women's Championship. Last week, Dolph Ziggler ended Braun Breaker's 63-day reign as NXT champion. So basically, on the March 15th episode of NXT, they had Miz did Miz TV. Uh, we got Cameron Grimes versus Santos Escobar, Indy Hartwell versus Persia Parada, Saray versus Tiffany Stratton, and A-Kid debuts against Kushida. If you want to hear our thoughts on these matches in this segment, go watch or listen to March 15th, 2022 NXT Recap. So, ignoring that, what are your thoughts on them bringing more main roster talent? I think it's great. We need some more, not really fresh talent, but new faces that we're like, hey, look at that. All right. Am I happy Dolph Ziggler the NXT Championship? Not really. I think Brown Baker could have gone a little bit longer, but maybe there's a reason behind it, or they're just doing what they usually do through the lazy fucking writing. Well, that's the thing, and I believe that because the thing is, there's no, there's not a lot of stars left in NXT because a lot of them are either on the main roster or they left and went to AEW. So they need people to get a motivation to watch shows, but also you have to let young guys work with veterans in the ring because veterans have the experience. You can't have young guys working with young guys or young guys carrying young guys. Because they don't have the experience. They don't understand certain things. They don't understand the tools that you need. Plus, you need star power. That's what gets people to watch. That's why anytime you go to an indie independent wrestling show, you'll see a bunch of guys on the card whose names you have no fucking idea who they are. Nope. But you'll see at least one or two guys that are like, holy shit, I saw him on TV. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, th okay, this guy, 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 this guy. Holy shit, is that Carlito? 
<laughs> like fucking, that'll make you want to go. That's why they bring in the top guys. Because the more top guys you have, that's what motivates people to buy the ticket and come to the show. And while they're watching the guy they know, they're being exposed to the people they don't know. Hmm. That's why this shit works. And if you look at it that way, you all wouldn't bitch quite so much. I think I do agree on uh, that right there. Okay. Uh, uh, anything else you want to talk about? No, we got, we got, we, we're fixing to wrap this up. At the time that we're recording this, we're about six minutes away from the NXT show that's that that's happening. So we gotta get ready to watch NXT. So uh, that'll wrap up uh, this episode of the Boochcast. Zach, as always, I thank you for taking the time. Any busy schedule to join me here? Uh, of course, absolutely. Thank you for having me, like always. All right. So make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We are on Anchor. Anchor. Spotify. Spotify. Breaker. Breaker. Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts. And iHeartRadio. And iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all five hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Uh, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter and Instagram at theboochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Check out all the YouTube content we got from Boochcast Reviews, Dark Side of the Ring, to our archive watch parties, our D&D one-shot, funny skits, holiday videos, Recently, St. Patrick's Day took place, so make sure you guys check out St. Patrick's Day video. It's a barrel of laughs. And, of course, uh, hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified so you know when the new content is dropping. New episodes of Dark Side of the Ring coming soon. New archive watch parties dropping very soon as well. And, of course, make sure you guys follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties and... The goal is for our next one to be uh, Saturday, July 30th for WWE SummerSlam. Now, here's the issue with that. That weekend, I'm going to be in Tampa Bay for the Tampa Bay Comic Con. Buff and I are going to be there. So I don't know yet exactly what we're going to do with the SummerSlam watch party. I don't know if I'm going to do something in Tampa or if I'm going to let the team get together by themselves and they can do their own watch party on their own. We'll see what happens. But the goal, the goal is to hopefully have a SummerSlam watch party on Saturday, July the 30th. And of course, we have our D&D show. Make sure you guys check that out as well. Uh, that is going to be coming soon to the Boochcast later this year. It's got to get all the kinks and everything worked out. We also got some gaming coming to the show. Uh, Elvis was Oculus is going to have some things planned out. And uh, hopefully by now, the time that we're recording this, uh, hopefully this will be happening soon. If not, it will definitely be happening once we get our shit together. Uh, I have WWE 2K22, so we're going to be doing the Boochcast booking battle between myself and Elvis Delinsky. Elvis is going to put a roster together. I'm going to put a roster together. He's going to book a show. I'm going to book a show through the My GM mode, and we're going to find out once and for all who is the better booker man, Vinny Bucci or Elvis Delinsky. And of course, you guys can support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at with prizes coming soon. The first level you can donate at is for 99 cents per month. This is for the people who want to contribute to the show, but don't want to spend a lot of money because you got bills to pay and families to support. I understand completely. If all you can do is just listen to the show and spread the word, 
that's good enough for me. But if you want to put a little skin in the game and help us out, you can go to the 99 cent level. This is 99 cents. Y'all ain't going to miss it, but it'll help us out because every little bit helps. Second level you can go to is $4.99 per month. Same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. Same amount of money we would pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Everything got sold to the Peacock. You got nowhere to put that $9.99. Send it $9.99. Bring it over here. We got better content than the network. And unlike the WWE, we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want. You have the option of, buy, of paying with a credit card or with GPay. And the money we raise goes back into the show. We use it to upgrade our equipment, bring in bigger name guests, pay our bills, and take care of the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast successful. So if you got a favorite co-host and you believe they're going to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the rest of that money to feed this gentlemen here ramen noodles and try god help us we try to get him laid and until next time this is vinnie bucci aka the booch saying keep on living life and take care this has been the booch cast we'll talk to you guys next time until then pizza baby well i see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye goodbye so long so long farewell farewell adieu adieu be good stay well bye bye keep warm relax and eat take care stay loose adieu mon vieux à la prochaine goodbye till when we meet again